The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. And now, with Patricia Raskin Positive Living, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Welcome if you're on the East Coast, uh, welcome in the afternoon, and if you're on the West Coast, welcome in the morning. Our guest today is William Whitecloud. He is the author of Australia's number one best-selling metaphysical book, The Magician's Way. He's also an internationally acclaimed speaker and presenter who's been instrumental in changing thousands of lives across the world. He has created powerful techniques for self-transformation, which he has used to transform his own circumstances from terminal illness and suffering to living a magical and fulfilling life, and now makes it his life's work to teach the practical tools of magic to people everywhere. And his newest book is The Last Shaman. Welcome, William. Thank you, Patricia. Real pleasure and honor to be on your show. Thank you. Now, you refer to your work as magic. What do you mean by that? (laughs) Okay. Well, firstly, to to be very clear, uh, I'm certainly not talking about I'm certainly not talking about stage magic, and I'm definitely not talking about occult Alistair Crowley type of magic, about which I know not much at all. But when I talk about magic, I'm simply talking about that wonderful state of life when things just flow so beautifully in our lives, and everything happens with with great serendipity Mm. and Mm. and surprise and, and beauty. And I think all over the world, we all have that saying where you just go, God, that's magic, or wow, that's magical. And I'm I'm talking about living uh, that kind of life, though not accidentally, intentionally rather. And I do believe that we can create that kind of life very intentionally. And uh, furthermore, actually, Mm -hmm. I believe we actually have to create it intentionally. If it's left left to our default mode, we're actually more going to create the opposite. So if we have a big dream... We should dream it and keep that dream because if you keep that dream along the way, what you're saying is you will start to attract that magic in your life. I, I know that from my own personal experience and helping, um, as, as the preface to your show said, thousands of people uh, you know, proved that beyond a doubt that that is the case. Although there is, a, there, is a, there is a real trick to it. I mean, you can't just hold a vision. Uh, of what you want and expect that to happen. There's, there's more that we have to do besides. I remember watching Oprah once, and she was talking about the secret, this idea of the yes. law of attraction, that if you hold a vision, then what you envisage will eventually come to you. And I remember her very clearly, and I'll never forget it, because I so agreed with her, her saying that the only problem with the secret was that there are many secrets. <laughs> there are a few other tricks besides just visualizing, you see. So, mm. but, but basically, yes, you, you know, I mean, it is, it is the basis of it anyway, is, is 
hold the vision, hold, you know, keep the dream alive. And the, mm. the trouble is that we all have you know, limiting beliefs that as soon as we have an end result in mind, it's inevitable that we're going to attract thoughts and, and also even circumstances that, that tell us we can't have that. And, and soon we'll compromise and give up on that vision. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's so. And, and that's what I want to talk about is how, you know, how you can help people to use these techniques. But let's go back. Where did you grow up and how did this background influence the work that you do today? I grew up in a very small country in Africa called Swaziland. It's, it's, it's the size of Sydney where I've lived many years of my life since and uh, Sydney, Australia. And, uh, but when I, when I grew up there, Patricia, it was, it was a very wild place. You know, the, the local inhabitants, the Swazi people, in fact, in the region that I was born and, and spent my childhood, were literally still in skins or walking about naked and very much in the condition they were in way before any European settlers came. It was a, a, a very enchanted, beautiful place. And, you know, we, we as, as certainly for a child, it was a, an amazing wonder world. We, you know, I grew up with this mm. whole menagerie of antelopes and little leopard cubs and oh. uh, crocod- crocodile hatchlings and, you, you know, you mm. name it. But, but, you know, the, the biggest effect that that had on me was uh, we were the only, initially, we were the only European, we were the only white family, the only European family there for miles around. And mm. as I say, it was very wild. The, the, the native population was still conducting tribal war- warfare on our property yeah, at, right. at the time. Yeah, and that was, it was uh, uh, what we say full on. <laughs> and also, uh, so I, I grew up in this society and was very influenced by it. And it was, you know, the, the natives there had a, a very supernatural view of the world. The self-conscious reality was only something to be seen through to a deeper spiritual, supernatural world that were full of, uh, you know, spiritual goings on. And so even though that was kind of stamped out of me at the sort of colonial boarding schools that I went to later, it still came back to influence me later in life where... What I do today really is that I, the, the work I do and, and what I support people and enable people in is basically that, is, is to see through their self-conscious rational reality, which really at the end of the day is very much ruled by and limited by limiting beliefs and, and to see yeah. through to the yeah. deeper workings in, in yeah. our consciousness and you know what's driving us and, and what we can let go of and also what we can move forward to the like you were saying before, the bigger dreams that, that exist within mm-hmm. us that we don't normally just see through our self-conscious well, reality. Yeah, and let me say, I think, you know, in, in listening to you describe your background, I mean, you grew up in, in something or in an environment that most of us don't. So you kind of, in a way, William, had a head start in this way of thinking. I because did. it's it, it, it's rare, it's rare um, that most of us are not in that kind of in a way, organic and, uh, you know, wilderness kind of background where some of us are, but not a lot. And, uh, you know, what it sounds to me and what I'm reading, what you're doing is you're, you're taking the principles from that and saying to those of us who live the more mundane, ordinary, uh, whatever lives we live in, more urban areas, that we too can take those principles and use them. We don't necessarily have to live in the wild to do it. 
No, no, that, that, that was just the benefit of my start. And I, I believe very strongly in, in purpose, that, that we all have a purpose in life. And I, I believe I was born into those circumstances and that situation very intentionally by some higher powers. Yes, intention. yes. And that, as you say, was just my head start. And when people do meet me and, and they discover uh, my background, and even I, I take safaris every year back to Africa, and oh. p- people do see where I come from, and they go, wow, you, you're just so lucky that you came from this background. Um, the, the thing that I very quickly am able to teach people is that their lives are just as extraordinary as they are. You don't have to have grown up surrounded by leopard cubs. You, you can be, you know, in downtown L.A. It, it doesn't matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Is that, that, that wonder is yours to have. It, it's just the outer trappings that we you know, identify with the exotic or whatever. But, but actually, if you go inside, if any person goes within, they will discover an exotic nature and, and, a, and a, a paradise within second to none that it doesn't matter that they don't have leopard cubs as a child or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, each, each of us have that wonder within us. And, and it's the same for me. Though I don't live in that environment. It's long since gone. The, the bush was cleared long ago, and they planted sugar cane there, and there's nothing left of that world, actually, to, mm. be, to be honest. And, and, and that was one of my great sadnesses and, and, and led to me you know, having a lot of trouble in my life and being very ill. But, but what I came back to is that doesn't matter. That's just an outer facade in, within us all, and, and, and life actually itself is just so wonder-filled and you know, yes. it, is, it is our destiny, our birthright to, to come back to that or, or to come to that realization and, and, live, and live that wonder. And, that, you know, totally that is my uh, sense of purpose and mission in life. You know, they, mm. they say that, we, that we're, um, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human right. experience. Yeah. And, All and right. Go ahead. Then I want to say something. Go ahead. No, I was just going. I was just going to say, Patricia, is, is that can sound such a can be so such a cliche, but to yeah. me, it, it it just it has profound truth and meaning, and uh, I'm just dying to share that with people and and help them realize the truth of that that principle. Yes. Now, I want to let's bring this to home in a sense. You had a strange long-term chronic illness that you overcame. By a unique method, one of the methods you use now when you work with people. Tell us about that, well, how this saved your life, and how can we apply it to our own lives? Well, I, I was very ill for uh, 10 years, and uh, you know, it just started as a mild in- illness and then ended up as a chronic illness to the point where I was getting deathbed counseling in the end. I mean, I was really wasted by the end. In, in, mm. um, and, and the thing about it was, in all that 10 years, not one person, whether they were a medical practitioner or a complementary healthcare practitioner, I was even going to see professors at universities in, in Australia, and no one knew what was wrong with me. Not, not one of them could distinguish what was wrong with me. Mm. And uh, so, you know, I, was, I just got worse, and my condition deteriorated and deteriorated until in the end I was on the verge of checking out. When I met by total chance, you could say, a person, a man, a total stranger, who got talking to me and, you know, said to me, I know what's wrong with you. And 
they, instead of me relaying to them my sad story, as I always usually did, they relayed to me what they knew was wrong with me. And they described my symptoms and my situation perfectly, 100% correct. And, mm. and, you know, I was the first person I'd ever met who could relate to what was going on with me. And they said, this this man said to me, I had what you've got. I, I, I know. And, and by what he told me, not by what he agreed with me, but what, by what he told me, I, I knew with certainty that I had great faith in him that he had definitely had because he could relate so well to what I had. And he said to me, you know, look, I had this and I, were, and I, I was cured of this. And what you've got to do is you've got to stop doing everything everybody's telling you to do. And you, you just what you've got to do is you've got to start eating meat and you've got to start drinking some white wine with your meals. Mm. And, and uh, you've got to smoke a couple of cigarettes a day. And also you must have some coffee, a couple of cups of coffee every day. Now, nobody knew what was wrong with me, but every single person I had been seeing would have agreed with one thing, and that what this person was telling me was crazy, that it was a, right. it was a poison, it was, it was a prescription for suicide. But nevertheless, at that point, I had nothing left to lose. I tried everything and I was so sick and tired of everything that I decided to do what he suggested and I instantly became well again. I mean, I, I came... Okay, wait, wait a second. I've got to go back. So you're telling me that red meat and coffee, caffeine, and all of the things that we would think wouldn't work and wine worked for you. Yep. Why do you think that is? <laughs> well, this is what I, this is what I was going to say. And as I say, every, every, this was absolute anathema to what everything I'd be, because the very point was I'd been taken off all of that long ago. I'd stopped having any alcohol, drinking any coffee. I was virtually living on boiled cabbages and water by this stage. Mm-hmm. And the thing, the thing about it, Patricia, is that it would be understandable if I concluded that there was some efficacy in, in those substances. But actually, for some reason, I, I never ever believed that there was any good in the caffeine and, and, and the wine and, and the meat and, and the, 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 the nicotine. I never actually ever believed that. To this day, I, I eat meat in great moderation. I only have a glass of wine or something very occasionally. I can't stand smoking, and coffee actually doesn't agree with me. So, but the thing that I was led to, be, to realize, an insight I was led to, whether rightly or wrongly, I don't know, but it's, uh, thank God I came to the conclusion I came to, which was that there must be some way in which you focus on things in life that determines your experience of life, that determines your reality, that your focus somehow determines your reality. I didn't know how it worked, but I thought there must be something to this idea because for 10 years it, 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 it struck me so powerfully that for 10 years I had been so focused on being ill and trying to get better and doing everything I could in my power and everyone else's power to get better, and I'd only gotten more and more ill. And then when I just gave up the whole, you know, because at the end, that's what I did. I just gave up. I just gave up worrying about being sick, worrying about dying. I gave up worrying about, you know, and I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to, I'd just love to have some of these things and, and uh, give it a go. And, and you know, my, my whole attitude and my whole focus changed, and instantly I bounced back. And whether I'm, I, I was right to conclude what I concluded, I nevertheless, that's what I concluded from it. And I determined from that point to discover what was behind this idea, what was behind this principle. 
And, you know, subsequently I discovered that there was a whole movement dedicated to it. Certainly at the time I was, um, you know, learning all about this, it wasn't as strong a movement as it is now with, you know, the law of attraction and these types of models. But it, there, there was a burgeoning model for this idea so, that your focus creates your reality. And I, I very quickly, you know, found the teachers in, in, in this model and learned a lot about it and learned how to apply it to my life and, and to the point that I could then help others apply it to so, theirs. So there was a reason why this worked for you for that amount of time. It sounds as though it was waking up your system. That's what it sounds like from kind of what you said. That, uh, that that particular way of eating at that time um, just threw you into another gear. I mean, that, that, it, it, how, what would you say to that? That's been put to me many times. I mean, wh wh one of the observations that's been made since has been people say to me, look, um, you know, obviously if you think about all of those things, it's not so miraculous. They're all acidic. Obviously your system was very alkaline and, and yeah. this brought it back into some kind of acid balance. And, and that, that could be totally true, but the, that's not the point. The point is just simply that's not what I deducted. I just stumbled across this idea that there's something about focus, which, which is then uh, whether I was right about that situation or not, that, I, I as I say, I stumbled across this principle, and it has now come to help me hugely. Because, you know, Patricia, since then I've, I've, had, uh, you know, I've had sort of similar symptoms and started going down sort of with the, with the same thing that I had, the sort of same symptoms that I had before. Now, I was saying, I, I, you know, I've, I've tried to use coffee and uh, wine and, and meat, and they didn't actually have any uh, effect, good effect on me, you know. So it was just a weird thing that happened to me and, and that I realized through it. Yeah, which is weird. Now, I want to talk about your book, The Last Shaman. And explain that to us. Talk about the premise. Now, the premise is that we're all being guided by a higher force or power, and that it's available for each of us to follow that guidance for the richest possible life. How do we practically connect with this, William? Well, you know, to me, Patricia, it, it, is, it is the most exciting thing in life. So a lot of people are, you know, interested in the, the idea that there are UFOs visiting us. People are interested in quantum physics, the idea that particles can appear in two places at once. I'm absolutely passionate and fascinated by a profound truth as I see it is, is that we are all being guided every moment of our life. And there's, it, it, to me, it's a, it's a much more exciting idea even than that we can create whatever we like through the power of focus. To me, more exciting than that even is that there's this mysterious force in the universe, this, this spirit, if you like, that is guiding each one of us always, every minute of our lives, every second of our lives, in fact, to a better, you know, the, the most perfect life that we could have the, the, for, for our highest good and the highest good of everything that we belong to. And so that guidance is there, guiding us all the time, and it's available to each one of us. And it is, our, I believe, our bliss to be in touch with that force and, and guidance and, and, and follow it and live it. Right. We the, have a few minutes left. Yeah. Give us some, is there, an, is there an exercise, an intuitive exercise that we can do to start to help us bring that into our life, William? Absolutely. I mean, look, very specifically, something that I do that, that's you know, just absolutely a tangible process or exercise is, is to actually do written guidance. If, 
if uh, anybody who's, if you yourself, anybody who's listening, if you ever take the trouble to take a page of paper and a, and a pen and pick it up in some quiet moment and imagine, just, just imagine some higher being, uh, you know, whether you, you want to imagine, uh, it, it, you might be religious and you imagine a priest or you, you imagine an angel, it, it doesn't, some, some wise being that, in, in, that you have a concept of, of higher wisdom that could, that could give you advice. If you just imagine asking that person for advice and then just writing down that the guidance you imagine them giving you, and don't edit it, you know, you must allow your imagination free reign. Uh, you know, you'll be amazed at, at what guidance and, and wisdom flows through that. All of us have wisdom within us, mm. and we can get it flowing. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a, you know, just a practical, mm. tangible exercise that if you keep, if you keep doing that, and you keep looking back every couple of weeks at what you wrote a couple of weeks ago, you'll start getting great faith in it because you just start seeing the reliability in what has been said before. Mm. So it's what it's your so you're writing down your dream, you're writing down what it is you want, you're writing it as an affirmation? No, you're not even writing it down as, as an affirmation. It's best to be very open ended in, in, in these matters rather than having mm-hmm. an agenda. What you're doing is you're framing a question to an imaginary higher being, a, a wise being, and you're asking them to just give you open-ended guidance. What is it that you need to know to be true to yourself, to your highest mm, good, the highest good great. of your community, etc.? Mm. And then just imagine the answer and write it down and just trust what's coming. Don't edit it. Don't go, no, that can't be right. That's not possible. They wouldn't say that to me. Uh, Aunt Bertha's not that kind of person or whatever. You just Mm -hmm. write it down. And you don't have to believe it. Just look at it retrospectively. So that's your higher power. Do you work with people individually or in groups to do this work? I I do both. I work, I work, I I used to run the the biggest self-transformation program in, in Australia where we used to you know, take hundreds of people through the program at a time uh, every year, and, um, you know, but also have done. And, and now, nowadays, much more selectively, I work one-on-one with you know, key people, people mm. that are leaders in their field that I'm supporting, um, you know, lead this kind of model in, in whatever yes. they're doing, yes. whether it's it be spiritual, real estate, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been such a, a wonderful interview, and I, I'd like to give out your information for people for your book and also to contact you. So how do people find you? Well, please, I invite everyone, uh, Patricia, to visit me on www.williamwhitecloud.com, my website. There you'll find out more information about the books. Uh, you can get a free first chapter to get an insight into the books. Um, there's information on myself, the, the, the work I do. There's also a lot of free resources as well that, that um, you know, can also help people understand more about this work, but, but also apply it to their, to their lives in a, in a very practical, powerful way. Thank you so much. Stay on the line, if you would, for a minute. Thank you so much for being on the program, William. Uh, thanks All so right. much for having me.
Yeah, great information about really, you really can make your dreams come true. And log on to williamwhitecloud.com. His new book is The Last Shaman. And his number one best-selling book from Australia was The Magician's Way. And again, his latest book is The Last Shaman, um, which is which is really a transformational shamanic journey that some have called a cross between Indiana Jones and Carlos Castaneda. So uh, do do pick up the book and log on to williamwhitecloud.com. You've been listening to Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Thanks so much. Bye for now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.